Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. We're excited to have Bill and Diane Jackson with us. Bill grew up in Oregon, and Diane grew up in Vineland. Uh, She's one of us from uh, South Jersey here, and they met in Idaho, of course. I mean, where else would you meet, you know? And uh, they've been married, I forget, 38 years? 44. See, with you being 39, I missed the count there. Uh, there, 44 years and been on the mission field. And I, I don't mean this as a joke. You know, I like to tease. They've been on the mission field for decades serving the Lord. You know what I call people that have served the Lord for decades, faithfully doing what God has called them to do, whether home or abroad? You know what I call them? Heroes. Heroes. Because a lot of times people are up and down and up and down and, and, and so on and so forth. And when things get tough, they, they jump off the ship. These are real live heroes that gave their life to Jesus and not just to be saved from going to hell, but they gave their life to Jesus saying that, Jesus, you've loved us so much, we'll do whatever you want us to do. And God miraculously called them to the mission field where they've been serving for many, many years now. So they're great friends, great missionaries, and we're excited to have them. Let's welcome Bill and Diane Jackson to Hope Assembly. bless you all. Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, I did grow up in Vineland, and I uh, we're talking about food this morning, and <laughs> that's so funny because um, we're, I remember, because I'm close to Vineland, I go back in my mind with the uh, growing up here, and I, I think it's pronounced biscotti, as what we, we kids outside would say, what well, I'm going to speak South Jersey. Um, jeet, everybody knows. It sounds like jeet, no, Jew. Um, <laughs> we understand that language, right? So little kids, we ate biscotti. I, I know, but, you know. I, I <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a little bit older than the pastor, like 14 years. But um, for us... It was plain pizza or anchovies, and those were your two choices. There, I don't remember pepperoni or whatever other meat he said, but it was like if it was Friday, you might want anchovies. But so for us, um, it was a little bit even older than that. I don't know what the original flavors were on pizza, but so I went out west and. Uh, I was working for Intermountain Healthcare as a registered nurse. I graduated from Cumberland County in 1976. I graduated Vineland High in 1970. We just had our 50th reunion a year later because um, of COVID. But um, so I was out working as a nurse and I met Bill. I lived in apartment number seven and he lived in apartment number nine. And he ordered a pizza with smoked oysters on it. And I told him, no, <laughs> you, you can't put smoked oysters. And I think it had pineapple with 
smoked oysters. <laughs> so I, I don't remember, but I told him, you don't eat pizza that way. And so, <laughs> and so years later, we came back, and my dad was ordering pizza on the phone, and he asked my mom if, he wanted, if they wanted red or white pizza. I don't know if they do that still, but put white sauce on pizza, that didn't sound right to me either, and broccoli. But um, so I guess you could do whatever you want to pizza, or you could change the name and call it something else. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, we came here to talk about Jesus also, and, and <laughs> that's the most important thing. <laughs> so we, we thank you for all your support, and this is kind of new for us because um, in Spain, uh, we have to be uh, covered, our faces have to be covered in the pulpit even, and so it's so nice to be able to speak without being um, covered up. I, I, I just looked in my purse and I have three masks that um, this one is uh, a Van Gogh. And then before we came here, this one has a little a flag of our province, and this one's from Walmart. So anyway, so, <laughs> so um, I am so happy to be here, and I pray, and I pray Jesus will, will cover you with his healing grace and that nobody else falls prey to this pandemic, and, and we pray God would cover you. Um, no, our message is Jesus Christ and him crucified, and we say to the people who ask us, what's the difference? Because Spaniards probably are more like um, Southern European Italian people. Uh, we try to, to make a, build a bridge, but they all of a sudden say, what's the difference? So what's the difference? So you gotta you know, go right to the fact, well, we believe you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, not just, it's not a doctrine. He's, I mean, we have doctrine, but we don't preach a doctrine. We preach a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and so uh, when we went to our province, we, we were seven or eight years in the Bible school when we first got to Spain in 1987. And then we moved to Zamora, Spain at the invitation of our national church because they had no Assembly of God church in the entire province, which is a little bigger than this, uh, this state of Connecticut, which is slightly smaller than New Jersey. Can you imagine a whole state without a, an Assembly of God church? Well, that's what, what we went to do, to plant a church in the capital city, and now we have a, another church in a half an hour away and another church an hour and a half away, and we go there. We make a circuit, kind of like the old Methodists. On Saturday, we go and have church in uh, our church in in Sanabria, which is an hour and a half away. Then we go home, and the next day, Sunday morning, we have church in a town that's a half an hour from us. And then Sunday afternoon, we have two services because we can't have more than 25 people in our church at the same time. It's probably about mm, maybe a um, two-thirds the size of your church, or less. I don't know. <laughs> no. Maybe more like a third. Well, a third. Okay, a third of the size of your church. So we can fit usually 50 people but they allow us to have 25, so we have two services, and um, God is blessed. We were on lockdown for five months in Spain. Um, I think it was five months, 
and I actually went out of the house five times in five months. But we were only allowed one person to go to the grocery store. If there were two people in the grocery store, one of them had to leave. It was, it was very, very controlled. And uh, we still have COVID in, in Spain. I know um, there's a lot of uh, discussion about it, but um, we're just praying that there'll be an end to this. But God has not been limited by COVID because we've led people to the Lord on, on, uh, on the internet and we've had services on the internet. Our church has, has seen people come in because we have had to uh, put our church online and people watch it because people can, they feel like I can turn it off if I don't like it. And so it's been a tool to open our eyes to something bigger than what we've been doing. So I thank you for standing with us. I thank you for um, praying for us. And we just are anxious to get back to our church right now. Uh, is the pulpit is being filled probably right now. Uh, uh, in our church is in the pulpit. These are men that are studying for the ministry through ICI and um, ICI, right? Global. Global University. They changed the names. And um, so one's a barber. He works all week as a barber and then uh, he's preaching. Then uh, another one is a painter. He studies and he's filling uh, our, in our absence. So these are people that are being prepared. So admissions is not just uh, bringing people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's also that people get baptized, that people are discipled, and that people become leaders. And that's what God has allowed us to do through your gracious giving. God bless you. Thank you, Diane. Well, I was 24 years old when I was born. When I began to live, I was 24 years old. And one of the things that I think most of us can remember, what it was like before we knew Jesus. And we also remember that there's a great necessity to take the gospel message to everyone. In Romans chapter 10, verses 11 through 15, there's some beautiful verses that I think we've all read many times. But every time I read them, they, 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 they leap off the page to me once again. Romans chapter 10, verses 11 through 15. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on, his, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how, can, and how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? And how should they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. That's the message right there. A wonderful promise. Some haunting questions and some beautiful feet. That's really what, the, what our message is. It's the message of Jesus. There is no difference. There is no difference whether they're Spaniards, whether they're Dominicans, whether they're from, they're, from, they're, they're from Central America, whether they're from Russia, whether they're from Bulgaria. You see, we, in our church, we have people from all over the world. 
just like m many of the churches in the United States of America. We have people from all over the world, Romanians, Bulgarians, Russians. We just, we just baptized a Russian woman. We have it in our, in our second service in the, on, on, Sunday, on Sundays in our church in Zamora. There are three women that sit in the back. It's not because they're backslidden, but they sit back there because one of them speak, who speaks Spanish very well translates for another Russian woman. She's a Russian woman that speaks Spanish well. She translates in Russian for a Russian woman and for a Ukrainian woman, and we just baptized that, that one of those Russian women. You know, it, it's, it, God is, is reaching out. He's touching the lives of people, but there is no barrier. It doesn't matter who we are. The Apostle Paul said, uh, said when, he was, when he was talking about, about his own personal experience, he said, and the grace of our Lord, in, in 1 Timothy 1, verses 14 through 16, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief, or I am chief. I think most of us would say, but no, Paul, I was worse than you. And I remember years ago, I, I, I would share my testimony with the people in, the, in, in, in church, and, and I, I thought, well, you know, it's, God is powerful. And I was sitting there, one guy was from Argentina, another one was from, was from uh, El Salvador. And I, and I heard their testimony, as I, I thought, and I thought I was bad. But God, it doesn't matter what color we are, it doesn't matter what our experience is, is God wants to save the lives of everyone, and he wants to send us to the world. Paul was, in his, was in his own words, chief of sinners. And he may have been the worst. But God loved him, and he loves us. He loves each and every person. And God himself showed that he wanted to reach out because he sent, he sent Peter to the house of Cornelius where God poured out his spirit on the, on the Gentiles there so they would come to know Jesus and also that they would, they would begin speaking in tongues just to show the world, just to show the Jewish people that the gospel is for everyone. But he had already said that. When he, went, when he went to Samaria, and, he, and he, it said that the Bible says, but he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go to speak to one woman, a Samaritan woman that no one would speak to. She went there when it was hot because she knew that there wouldn't be anyone at the well because she didn't want to come face to face with anyone because she was embarrassed. And yet Jesus, knowing her story, shared living water with her. She went back to the village and told everyone. And there was another important message there for the, for the disciples that Samaritans are more important than sandwiches. You see, he had sent the, the disciples away to get food, and he was there waiting. And in the meantime, he saw this stream of people coming out from the village dressed in white. And he knew it was time to harvest. Sometimes it costs us. Sometimes we don't get to do what we want to do. But God is reaching out through us to reach the people. It's our greatest task to reach others with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And then Jesus, or rather Paul, asked the question, but how can they hear? The gospel's for everyone, but how can they hear if no one talks to them? The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, a verse that we, whenever we go out on the street and preach there in Zamora, there's someone that, that when they get up on that little, little stool to, to preach, there's someone that is going to quote this, this Bible verse, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, Romans 1, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone that believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. How can they know unless we speak to them? How can, we, how can they know unless we share the gospel with them? In Romans chapter 10, verse, 15, verse 17, in the same context, he said, how can, how can they know unless, they, unless someone speaks to them? How can they know unless, unless someone is sent? He said, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not everyone will be saved but some will be saved. We're sent by God. When I came to know the Lord, I, we were living in St. George, Utah. We went from Idaho. We moved to Southern Utah. And I said, God, I don't want to live in Southern Utah. Everyone was Mormon there. We had to drive three hours away to Las Vegas to go to a Bible bookstore. That was the closest one. And I remember complaining. I, I, you know, I know you never complain, but I was complaining in, in prayer. I, I said, Lord, I don't want to live here in southern Utah. Let us go someplace else. And, and God said, I, I sent my son to die on the cross for you. And you can't live in southern Utah? You know how it is? God says three or four things three or four words, and, and it's like books, books of things he has said to you. And, and I, I said, oh, Lord, Lord, whatever you want us to do, we'll stay right here. And just a little while later, in a dream, he called me to go to, the, to be in the ministry. And I remember telling Diane, I believe the Lord is calling us to the ministry and, and she didn't play the piano. She, she does now, but she didn't then. And, and she, she, you know, she kind of, I guess she was comparing her, herself to Sister Snook, Snook and, 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 and said, no, I, I, I don't think I could do that. But she said, oh, but if the Lord has called you, we'll do that. So we're at Northwest College in Kirkland, Washington, and Bernard Johnson preaches at Northwest College. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bernard Johnson, missionary evangelist to, to Brazil. He'd been raised there. God used him mightily. Told some miraculous stories. And I remember, still remember, walking up behind Diane. She was washing the dishes. And, and I said, Diane, I don't know how, do I can, how to say this to you, but I believe that God is calling us to the mission field. And I thought she was going to go nuts. I thought she was going to say, oh, so you, 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 we're, 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 called to be, we're called to the ministry, and now you're saying we're going to the mission field on top, on top of that? But she didn't say that. She said, I know that. I said, how do you know that? She told me the story that when she was nine years old at Sacred Heart, she was studying at Sacred Heart, that she had to give a, 
a little speech about what her ambition was, what her goals were. She, she had, you know, at nine years old, maybe you want to be a garbage, a garbage collector or a fireman or something like that. But she thought, well, what would I like to be? And she thought about a missionary. I guess she had some family or friends that had been missionaries, and she thought, that would be pretty cool to travel around the world. I'd love to do that. And then she thought, but they tell people about Jesus. And I don't believe in Jesus. She believed in, the, in God the Father. But she didn't believe in Jesus. And when she was 19, 19 years old, she was down. You know, all, the people went to the West Coast. Many people from, from the East went to the West Coast back in the hippie days, back in the... Uh, uh, the days when people were traveling, looking for the answers to life. And she was traveling down I-5, sleeping in her car at night, needed a place to stay. And she went to a, a, a house of Jesus people, a commune. And they told her about Jesus. And she came to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I didn't know any of that. But God knew the whole story, just like he knows your story. God plans everything in our lives. And that's how I know that God sent us. A lot of more things I could say about that, but I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. But God uses people as well. He uses Hope Assembly to send people to the mission field. You know, in... in, 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 in Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas are called on the first missionary journey. God didn't call everyone to go. And even before God called me into the ministry, I knew that it takes some to send and it takes some to go. Not everyone's called to go to your neighbors, yes, but to Spain or to the rest of the world, no. Because we couldn't go if it weren't for you. And so I wanna, I wanna thank you for that. And the Lord sends us in spite of what we are. These Bible verses that were, that were shared earlier in the Great Commission, the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Verses six, uh, beginning in verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had, appoint, uh, had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And he didn't say, you that doubted, go over there. You that like pineapple pizza, go over there. He called them all. No, I know we think, wow, you know, if, if, if I were someone, if I, if I were capable, if I were, if I had great ability, God could call me and God could use me. But what do I have to say to my neighbor? What do I have to say to my friends? What message do I have? 
one of the greatest missionaries, one of the greatest evangelists, was a man that had been demon-possessed by a legion of demons. And as he was, he was there, Jesus was, Jesus was more or less kicked out of the, the region. They asked him to leave. Jesus was getting into the boat, and he said, I want to go with you. And we can all identify with that because once he knew Jesus, he found life. He found a purpose. He found meaning. And Jesus said, no. I want you to go back and tell everybody you know about what great things that God has done in your life. And he did that, and people were amazed. It's not our uh, ability. It's being willing to say, here I am. Send me. Here I am. I'm willing to go. There's a song that that has touched me through the years. A Keith Green song. And every time I hear it, I cry. Here I am, send me. Though there's really not that much I can do. But he said, I'm willing to give it all to you. I'm willing to give it all to you. And the people that doubted, I'm sure they felt pretty guilty for having doubted. But they gave their lives for Jesus. We may not have all of the adequate words, maybe not all the words that we'd like to share with people, but he has strategically put us in positions where we can share the gospel with others so that people might come to know Jesus Christ. Years ago, when we were getting ready to go to the mission field for the first time, I said, Lord, what about the people of Oregon? What about my friends? How will they know? And I felt like God spoke to me and said, don't worry, Bill. My church will speak to them. And I just want to encourage you. I know that Diane has that same feeling about South Jersey. How will they know if I don't tell them? And you're the answer. The gospel message is just important in Malaga and Vineland, as it is in, in Toro, as it is in Zamora, as it is in Sanabria. The gospel is just important, is important, and the people here are just as important. And we have never had a greater opportunity than this time of pandemic. You know, I, our, our people in Spain, we, we can't go out on the street and preach like we used to because they, they're, they're, they're concerned about our, our, our contacts and, and being close to people. But one thing we can do is we can go online, we can share the gospel. People go, are going on, they're sharing their, they, even on Facebook Live, they put themselves on Facebook Live and they share their testimonies, how they came to know Jesus. 
we have such wonderful opportunities and we live in a world that's hurting and is in need of Jesus Christ. Jesus told a story, a parable of the sower, in which he said the sower went out to sow his seed. The gospel depends on our faithfulness. Are we willing to share the gospel? I know. We don't have the words always to say it. But our message is powerful enough to touch hearts. Even if the messenger isn't talented enough to share it in the, in the best way possible. Speak the gospel message to others. In the gospel, the results of the gospel also depend on the willingness of the heart of the people that listen to the gospel. That's really the message he's talking about in, in, in the parable of the sower. He's talking about the different kinds of Addition, different conditions of the heart. It's also the power of God. We have the gospel message. Let me ask you a question. What do your feet look like? I'm not going to take my shoes and socks off. But I can tell you one thing the person that shares the good news of Jesus Christ has beautiful feet. And Pastor, Pastor Randy was talking about the first person or the person, the evangelist, that, that came and shared the gospel. And that person changed your life because they were willing to share the gospel with you. I wasn't, living, I wasn't going to church. Someone came to my home and told me about Jesus. Take the message to the people. Take the message to the streets. Take the message to New Jersey, South Jersey. And thank you. Thank you for sending us. For years, we prayed and we said, for years, every, every newsletter that we sent out, we said, please pray for workers. And as Diane said, God has given us workers. We're in a different season now, preparing them to take over the work as we step back. And uh, you've been a part of the whole process. We want to thank you. Thank you for all you've done. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.